Alright guys, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have a massive episode for you. Colorado agates, duck bill discovery, T-Rex of the sea, and even more we'll get into. Yes, gems are here to be found. We have a ton of topics today. Exoplanets are showing signs of new minerals in our solar systems that's never been seen. Um, a large gemstone that could be worth a billion dollars we're going to talk about that was found. Guess what? I have a story that shows Hunter Biden is a rock hound. Or maybe something like that. Also, Princess Diane, her beautiful, fabulous aquamarine ring. We'll talk about that for a little bit. Three million dollar ring was almost thrown in the trash. We'll talk about that. We've got uh, all kinds of fossil news and other rocks, gems, and minerals. And if we have time, we might even tell a gold mining story or two. Let's see how it goes. So let's get into it, guys. Um, as you know, I've been busy. I'm starting a handyman business, and um, it's my second week, so we're trying to make that work, trying to pay the bills and stuff, and uh, it's going okay, but needs to needs to go more okay, right? Just getting started, so thank you for those who've reached out to us on that. Um, we don't have the Radical Rocks website anymore. We had to kind of cut, tighten our belt a little bit, but we still have all the social media. So if you look up Radical Rocks, you'll find us on MeWe, um, Parlor. Um, we have the podcast, we have the YouTube videos, and the blog spot. So you can look, check out all that stuff. It's all free and lots of good information. All right. All right. So let us get into it. We've got, oh, we already talked about Whiskey Creek last week. We want to get into, let's see, never before seen rocks in these exoplanet graveyards. Um, pretty impressive. If you go to Live Science, there's a couple articles on this. Um, one was a little better than the other. Um, this is live science, never before seen rocks found in these exoplanet graveyards by Harry Baker about six days ago. He's the one that stated that these rocks are unlike anything in our solar system. What scientists, astronomers, astronomers to be specific, have done is they use the lights. They use a spectrograph, so to speak. Um, to look at the light in these big white dwarfs and they see white floating materials from these and to them and, and such and such, right? As you read about this, you'll find out. But if you just want to overview, that's what I'm going to give you. This one white dwarf, um, they looked at 23 white dwarfs, some of them within 650 light years from the sun, 
the stars were dying, turning into these white dwarfs, they're starting to rip apart. And when they do, they're they're blowing up, they're blowing up everything around them, and they're transforming into um they're throwing out these little exoplanets, okay? Um, ripping them apart, pushing them out into other worlds. Now, the ratio of different elements in the white dwarf's atmospheres by analyzing this light given up by the stars, they use this to calculate the makeup of the minerals that would have formed these obliviated alien worlds. So it's basically the materials from the exoplanets, I guess, that are burnt up from the white dwarf they look at that light and they're seeing that exoplanets made of alien rocks never seen in our planet or the rest of the solar system so different from those known to science that researchers uh, even had to create brand new names to classify them. So kind of interesting. I'm sure we'll hear more about this as more information comes about. But basically these new minerals are exoplanet graveyards um, that are happening from these dying stars, the cloud of superheated gas that engulfs these planets. <coughs> this is just amazing. Um, throws them out of their orbit, uh, rips them apart. The white dwarf pulls the planetary remains inward, a process known as accretion, and then... Uh, there's hydrogens and helium that uh, are done, are in this whole soup that's going on. And the scientists estimate that 25% of all white dwarfs contain the remains of dead exoplanets or are so-called polluted white dwarfs because of these exoplanets getting sucked up into it. So this is a new kind of hot topic. And now that they're discovering there's different type of minerals in here, they want to try to reconstruct them, find out what they might be. Um, so far, they've done that with magnesium, calcium, silica, uh, and iron, amongst other things. So pretty interesting. It's being done at the California State University. The article is quite lengthy. If you want to read uh, more about it, they go into the details of the white dwarfs as the interior versus the exterior, and so much more. Next, new bones of a new dinosaur species discovered in Missouri. Andrew Court lets us know about this in the nypost.com, the New York Post. And there is pictures of them taking these out, this large um, Parasaurus from Missouri. And uh, it is huge. It's a big old beast. They've found this new type of dinosaur. They feel it's a new type. I'm sure it's just a relative of the others. And um, they said it's between 25 and 30 feet in length. This is also called a duckbill, so I might have this article twice. It's funny, when a new thing comes out, everybody tries to put a different spin on it to make it interesting. So uh, sometimes you get the same article twice. But this one, they have a, a tooth of it. Um, it is one of the best dinosaur loca uh, locations in the Great Plains, east of the Great Plains here in this part of the country. And they've got a lot of pictures of these fossils. They've got pictures of the excavation. Um, but they started finding bones in this area in 1940s, and yet they're still finding um, exciting things over there 
uh, as well as China is another place where they're just discovering so much. Now, the largest natural pinakite gemstone found in Sri Lanka. Now, this pinakite gemstone is really something to wow about um, once you find out a little bit about it. It's very rare. Um, this is said to be the largest one by these, uh, this article, which is found at newswire.lk uh, under, under that article of the largest natural pinakite gemstone found at uh, SL, Sri Lanka. They have a video here. And this businessman got a hold of this. It was dug up in Sri Lanka. Um, it is, mm, I don't know, you can hold it between your thumb and your finger. You could put it in your palm and probably wrap your fingers pretty much around it. <coughs> Excuse me, if you have an average uh, hand size. It is uh, said to be worth about a billion dollars, according to Newswire, uh, this article says, and it weighs 616.9 carats. Now, what is this pinakite stone? What is its value? Well, if we go to the International Gym Society and look up pinakite, you can see the value, the price, and the information on the jewelry. They have a spectacular one there that is uh, 12.69 carats. This was found in the Ural Mountains in Russia. It looks a lot like a diamond. Um, I would say it is a little cloudy, uh, or it has a lot of uh, inclusions, little bubbles, I guess you could say. The colors of this gemstone is colorless to yellow to pink to brown to reddish, usually due to surface staining. Some crystals are also colored by impurities. I did find out that there are some very rare ones that have come out of Russia that are red. It's about 7.5 to 8 on the hardness scale. This is a gemstone that is found in the pegmatites. It's a good crystal. It is host deposit of emerald and alexandrite. So uh, it is also uh, crystals uh, of mica found in these areas, much like the, uh, if you're familiar with pegmatite, you know there's always a lot of mica around there. Now, pinakites can show yellow, pink, brown colors, or no color. You'll seldom see a very rare red gems from Russia, the article says. Um, but this one is said to be very good. Average uh, size of these is one to three carats for the big ones, for the whoppers. Sometimes this could actually have a little fieryness to it or a cat's eye from Pinakites from Madagascar or Sri Lanka. So it'd be interesting to see if this one has it. Um, again, it is a... Uh, found along with emerald, alexandrite, uh, willemite, and zinc. It is also found with these type of uh, materials that you can find. So pretty cool, very interesting. The article goes into some of the other crystal formations, kind of platelets of squares on one of them that was found in uh, Nigeria. And uh, they have different stone sizes here, and they say some have been pretty big, but once they were cut down, um, they were quite a bit smaller. So 
There's that. Now, Hunter Biden, a gym collector. I should save this story for last because it is, uh, it's not that long, but uh, I thought it would be fun. Let's look at, I almost threw it away. Now, <laughs> if you go to uh, YouTube, it was actually in a news article from, that I got, that I found on uh, Google, just Googled it. And this woman thought her ring was fake. She shops, I guess, you know, thrift stores or, or looks for value deals and stuff like that. She's in Nor- North Northumberland. And I don't know where that is. I'm going to imagine that's in maybe in Australia, maybe in, in England. I'm not quite sure. But if you go to the word the, capital B, capital L, with a space in between it, they have the um, the video there on YouTube, and um, it is labeled "Almost threw it in the trash." Semicolon. Woman thought her three million with the dollar sign and a three, and then million written out. Ring was fake. Okay, you can find out about this. She was seventy years old, and uh, she took it in. I wrote some stuff about it. She took it in to go have it looked at, and they said, "Oh my gosh, you know." This uh, is a genuine, uh, massive uh, diamond. This is not fake. It's of super high, high quality. And um, they are going to auction it off at the London Hat and Garden Jeweler. So it must be England. So that's that. Could you imagine that? Here's someone who just shops at... Probably, you know, the equivalent of garage sales and thrift stores. She's got all this costume jewelry. She's going to throw it away. And the neighbor tells her, you know, that one that one might be something. Maybe you better go check that out. That one doesn't look too bad. You know what? It actually looks like it could. Maybe it's real. You know, you ever think of that? And she goes and finds out not only is it real, but it is of super high quality and value. Good for her. All right, I love to hear stories like that. Princess Diana, you know, my grandma loved her. My wife loves her. She was elegant. She was a beautiful, um, uh, what you would expect to see from someone that is supposedly of royalty. Sometimes we see these things, uh, well-to-do people, and we think, you know, they're going to act with dignity and grace and all this, and a lot of times you see just the opposite, so she was really, uh, people were just uh, fascinated with her, loved uh, keeping up with her, and she always dressed so nice, Uh, women loved that especially, but she had a huge collection of jewelry, and one of them uh, that is spoken about at the brinkwire.com, Diana, uh, Princess Diane's 80 K post-divorce ring has a fascinating history. They talk about the history of this ring, which is now owned by Prince Harry, and um, it's worth up to eighty thousand, um, I guess, pounds. And, and Princess Diana has a huge collection that includes diamonds, sapphires, pearls, and aquamarine. This particular one was a beautiful aquamarine on her wedding finger after her divorce from Prince Charles. And um, it was recently wore by Meghan Markle 
on her wedding to uh, Prince Henry on 2018. Now, she said she received this ring most likely as a centerpiece from a friend. That's some friend. The ring is an emerald-cut aquamarine among small solitary diamonds set with 24-karat yellow gold. I didn't think they did anything in 24-karat gold, but that's what it says. The aquamarine was given to Diane by her friend, Lucia... Fletcher de Lamia and Asprey, its commission Asprey commissioned it to be made into a ring in 1996. Aquamarine, this particular one is prized for its pale blue color. It is the beryl mineral group and cousin of the emerald. Comes from the Latin word which means water of sea. Beautiful. I love aquamarines. I gave one to my wife for our anniversary. Um, it's pretty big. I think it's uh, guy. It's at least three carats. I forget. I I told her the wrong carat when I gave it to her. Like way over. On, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess just being nervous, being married. I told her it was like I don't know. Like oh, it's seventeen carats. It, w- it wasn't. No, it was big, but it was no seventeen carats. And I'm looking at it. I'm going. That ain't seventeen carats. Why did I tell her that? So uh, I relooked at it and I was like, no, no, it's it's three carats. So anyway. So much for that. Um, Kate, Duchess of Cambridge, the wife, now owns the iconic ring, so says Brinkwire News Summary. All right, let's get into some neat stuff here. Um, Never-before-seen rocks in the exoplanet graveyards from alien world stars ripped apart. Um, We talked about this a minute ago. The other article I was telling you about, this is in the dailystar.co.uk. And um, looking in it, it has some videos and stuff. And um, this this one had a pretty cool diagram on the um, what happens this this dust that starts orbiting. Um, and they have this diagram here of this whole situation of this dwarf blowing up, um, stuff sucking into it. And the the um, string of things that are flowing to and from it, and they feel like that uh, this is a really good finding to see this and to know that there's all these other minerals. Of course, they're excited to try to figure out what they are. So there's another article on that. Now, T. Rex of the Sea. This fossil was found in the Grasslands National Park. If you go to cbc.ca, you can look it up. Uh, Sachs paleontologists uncover T. rex of the sea fossil in Grasslands National Park. It is a prognathon, prognathon, probably saying it wrong. It is a giant marine reptile. They have a description of what it might have looked like. It looks kind of like, uh, kind of like a crocodile with a big fat head, um, but still long, you know, but much more like at the bottom, it hangs down more and, and mutes into kind of like a whale body. Now, this giant creature, let's see, did I put some notes here? I had notes here, there. Oh, let's see here. I thought I had some notes. No, not on this. I had notes on the duckbill. 
He was 30 feet. The duck bill that I told you about, 35 feet long and two tons. That's how big that duck bill is, they estimate at full grown. A lot of those duck bills they found were actually babies, but they found pieces of bigger ones too. So this one, the T-Rex of the sea, this guy is 33 feet, over 11 meters, um, just shy of the biggest T-Rex ever found, which was 13 meters, which would have been another, what, six feet or so by uh, that scale. But this creature, they've got a really cool picture of its jaw, the whole thing, and it's very fragile. You cannot touch it. The teeth are there. Everything is real. They had a really hard time digging this out. Um, of course, it's just pieces, but when they have the head, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good finding because they would be able to kind of figure out what size it was. This thing would have played havoc on the oceans, eating all kinds of creatures left and right, no doubt. Pretty cool. Show me a saurus, skeleton of a new type of dinosaur unearthed in Missouri. Um, the show me state, that's why they said that, usatoday.com by Mike Snyder. Um, he is talking about this dinosaur hotbed that we were talking about earlier. They're saying that the duck bill was 30 feet in length as an adult. Um, and he goes into the same information as um, we had heard on the other article. But they said that the discovery of all these dinos is like hitting King Tut's tomb, who first started working uh, Darog who first started working at the site four decades ago. Wow, he hasn't been able to leave. He said this is the greatest dinosaur place uh, around, and they are finding more and more. Um, this dinosaur, the duckbill, Hadrosaurus, had long been considered herbivores, but some findings in recent years suggested they might have eaten crustaceans either opportunistically or by accident. So I don't know how they figured that out, but... Uh, Maybe because they keep finding them with, uh, with near them, I would think, with a duck bill. Uh, like a duck, it would uh, use that type of a bill to uh, pull up roots and, and things and creatures that are in the roots, suck them out and eat them that way. Amber, always cool stuff in amber. This time, amber captures rare plant behavior in ancient extinct pine cone. Uh, at kesq.com, you can read the article there. Um, it is a CNN news source, published on the 26th, credited to George Ponier and Kate Hutt. Um, this pinecone sprouting seeds, right in the process of sprouting seeds, this usually happens very quickly when a pinecone shoots out its seeds. Um, it happens very quickly, and then it's done. Um, some of the seeds don't make it. Some of the seeds are stolen and eaten by opportunist animals. Um, pine seeds are very good to eat. You've probably eaten pine nuts yourself in a salad or something. But this is the process of it releasing its seeds in a pine cone, caught in the act, um, very limited time that it had to have just fallen in there perfectly. And you can see the uh, releasing of these uh, like hairs, which I'm assuming some of these are probably seeds that are in this as well. Pretty neat, pretty neat. Uh, 
Okay, how about addicts from Colorado? I don't know if you knew this, but out of the attic, agates brought to Burlington from Colorado by Perkins family. Julie Martinino writes about this. Uh, it showed up on Yahoo News on November 28th. Now, these agates actually traveled, they feel, from a glacier. Where did they come from? They feel that they came from the Lake Superior region and traveled many, many years ago. And agates that are there are formed in bubbles and rock, usually volcanic. Uh, and then that material, agate, is a solution which slowly deposits into the bubble and eventually hardens. Occasionally, it can be found in sedimentary rocks as well, with chert, jasper, chalcedony. All of these things can be filled with this agate bubble. And uh, there you go. Um, the colors of the agate are determined by the minerals present during the depositing. And these agates collected by the Perkin family, Charles Perkin um, and others responsible for Garden of the Gods in Colorado, were collected where, where, where. They don't know exactly where they are, but most are found, probably collected in Colorado. And either the cold water or Lake Superior agates are probably collected around the same area. Now, if you collect agates, make sure you get permission. There are two examples of this collection at the Heritage Museum, including the agatized hexgonaria, a type of colonial coral that can be found in the area. Hmm, a coral in Colorado. Can you imagine that? Also is the Kyoko geodes and banded shirt formations. And you can check that out at Yahoo News. Just look up Out of the Attic, Agates Brought to Burlington from Colorado by the Perkins Family. All right. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to tease you anymore. Hunter Biden, he is a rock hound. Or at least he's a rock collector. Or at least he's a gym collector. At the NewYorkPost.com, NYPost.com, the article states, More money than God, semicolon, Chinese titan lavished Hunter Biden with three-carat gym and an offer of $300 million. Now, Miranda Devine, on November the 28th, she writes about it. There's also, uh, there was a video from a newscaster, but the article, I read it, it's huge. I went through and read and read and read um, without getting political, um, in an attempt not to get political. The article basically says that uh, he was hired because of his family connections and he was given uh, a lot of money and he was in the process of negotiating this money and letting them know what a great connection he was and uh, how valuable this would be to them. So they reiterated their offer and they gave him this gift. So um, he was 
He looked surprised. Some people question whether that was sincere or not, but he looked surprised. And uh, this stone is uh, documented very well on his laptop, uh, along with a lot of these uh, communications between him and these other people. And uh, they say it is a super high-quality diamond. And there's a picture of it as you scroll down the article, which is quite long. Um, diamond grading report. It's got a GIA report number. It is a round, brilliant. Um, this baby is 3.16 carats. It is a excellent VS2 clarity, very fine color. I mean, this is a top, top-notch diamond. Now, you go to the jewelry store and you buy a three-carat diamond and you're going to pay maybe $40,000 for it. But as you start to get, the color is perfect. It's fine, okay? The clarity is super high clarity. The cut is, is excellent. You know, all these things, the proportions, all these things start to add up. And the diamonds can be worth 10 times more than the price you or I would pay for a beautiful diamond of decent color, decent clarity, decent cut, all those things decent. But it just goes up, you know, exponentially as it goes up. So uh, if you read this article, it's clear that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, questions being raised here that all have to be settled out. But the fact remains, he is a rock hound because he got himself a gemstone there. <laughs> all right. Uh, we did read about the natural pinnacate stone. I've got a couple more for you here. How about a video tutorial on reconstituting dry metal clay in five easy steps. You can do it. Go to firemountaingems.com and look up jewelry-making-how-to-videos and you'll look up reconstituting old metal clay. And Laura Lynn here um, produced this video a few little tips to find out how to bring this metal clay that's gone bone dry. Don't throw it away. You can be rehydrated. Uh, you'll need a roller, metal clay, hammers and mallets, and artist brushes, coffee grinder maybe, metal shifter, pallet knife, plastic wrap. Um, additional resources are here for you to learn how to learn the basic techniques of polymer clay, how to do it, conditioning polymer clay, how to do that with instructions. All kinds of great information here, guys, that you can check out just by um, signing up to their newsletter. That's what I did. Okay, um, They're not a sponsor of the show or anything. I wish they were, but uh, they have a lot of good stuff, and I want to share that with you. Okay, another one that they have is the importance of daylight lamps. Now, when you're young, you got great eyesight. That can get you a long way. But when you're working on fine jewelry, you know, and gemstones, uh, the real artists, they use good lighting. Daylight Lamps by Barbara Van Look. Uh, she wrote this article for firemountaingems.com. You can look it up, the importance of daylight lamps. There's all sorts of educational stuff here, guys. They talk about what really goes into a good light. 
you, you know, lighting up your gemstones just to show them uh, can make the difference. Good lighting can make the difference because the sun contains lots of colors. All the colors are the wavelengths of light you get to see very well in the sunlight. Um, other types of colors and intensities of light affect the lights, the eyes, rather, the eyeball's ability to stay on task, um, avoiding glare. All these things are not good for you. So lighting is super, super important. You can get a uh, a uh, an eyeball problem, you know, what would you call that? It's a disorder, I guess, called SAD. Um, it is a seasonal effect disorder, which usually affects jewelry makers' creativity and ability to work. All have to do with straining the eyes, the squinting, the headaches, all those things that can come along with it, all because you didn't have good light. Now, color temperaments and its effect on light, um, there's a heat that comes with the light. There's cool white, you've heard of that. Um, some of these lights can have temperatures um, and that are very, very high. Now, temperatures are measured in degrees Kelvin. Lower color temperatures, 3,000 to 4,000, create a reddish warm light, often called warm uh, white. Higher color temperatures, 5,000 to 6,000 Kelvin, create a bluish cool light, uh, termed cool light. And natural sunlight, these color temperatures vary with the weather, time of day, and so on and so forth. Color temperatures rise to a peak of approximately 5,500 about midday, and 10,000 K color is the temperature of sky blue. Interesting. Human eye can compensate for these changes when you have a healthy eye, but uh, we still see white as white, even though it is actually a pale orange in the light of the setting sun. So artificial light creates a light with a variety of color temperatures that can help you, but it can also skew the colors. So you need a daylight spectrum lamp so that you can out true out the light of the day, right? Um, it goes into color and artificial lighting. There's a lot to this color, folks. I mean, it goes on and on. How to evaluate full spectrum colors, using proper light for uh, better jewelry making. I'll give you a few of those tips. They're pretty nice. Making jewelry, beading, all these things are easier if you use a light such as the daylight type light. That's a brand name. I'm not promoting it. I'm just telling you what the article says. Don't, uh, let's see, choose neutral white lighting using sources with high CRI listings. The higher the CI, excuse me, CRI listing, the more accurately it will display color, reduce eye strain through using properly lighting. If you need to squint, consider more light or a magnifier or both. Consider low, gear, low glare light sources when working with highly reflective surfaces like a lighthouse on the ocean or sunlight on the snow. Too much light can affect the eye or even cause damage. All right. Lights with adjustable features such as swivel, gooseneck help prevent glare and direct lighting to where it is needed most. They have all kinds of additional sources here that you can check out. Guys, I think that's about it. I'm kind of tired. And until next time, 
Remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.